is Iron Sights After Dark. Radio check. Copy. Loud and clear. Welcome to Iron Sights. This podcast candidly seeks to create opportunities and deliver impact by sharing the experiences and wisdom of successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders who unapologetically aim to win in health, fitness, business, and life. I'm your host, Scott Howell. Welcome to Old School Meets New School. Tradition meets innovation, and imperfection meets excellence. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Iron Sights Podcast. This is another edition of After Dark. I've got uh, my man, Byron Rogers, on the other end. Byron, thanks for joining us, man. Boom, what's up, bro? It's an honor to be here. Thanks so much, man. I'm super excited to connect with you. I mean, we've had an opportunity to train together, actually. And whenever you're doing that, there's not a lot of room for conversation because you're staying focused and intent on the uh, the task at hand. Uh, but I knew as soon as we walked away from that, I'm like, dude, I got to connect with this guy again. There's so much there that I want to ask him, so much I want to talk to about, talk to him about. And there's so much you can contribute. Um, so, man, thanks for taking time out of the busy schedule that you have to spend time with me today. I'm, I'm anxious to learn a little bit more about you and and uh, have you tell your your story and, and provide the message. I just want people to know what one imperfect person can do if they just apply themselves, man, and go after it and just get after it as often as they possibly can and and really see what what's possible, man, by the grace of God. So that's what I'm all about. So it's when any anytime someone's like, yo, I want to interview you or catch up with you. I'm like, man, it's such an honor, you know. So heck, yeah. So there's so many connections there. I mean, we're involved in two different business models, but at the same time, we're coming at it from the the same perspective. And that is uh, always working to just be better on a daily basis. And, you know, with clients and ourselves and our teams and the people that are around us. And um, I, I just a quick kind of bio on Byron here. I mean, first off, this might uh, feel a little bit different for some of the people who listen to this podcast before, but essentially you're a subject matter expert in the world of uh, personal protection or executive protection, or some people might refer to it as close protection. Um, and I'm sure you, you hear all kinds of things out there, uh, you know, or, or people kind of misconstrue or there's a misunderstanding of what you do as a professional, but maybe you can walk us, us through what, what it is that you do, man. Yeah, brother. So what I do is essentially I'm a civilian that protects civilians, you know, uh, we protect the 1%, usually 1% of the 1%. You know, my company, uh, Bravo Research Group, we put teams and strategies around uh, high net worth individuals and their families, which, I mean, that's just where it starts. But that's like my my daily grind in terms of my like, what I really, you know, have the only job I've ever had in my life, which is the Marine Corps and then professional protection. And then now, obviously, training other protectors, no matter what their walk of life is, to understand how to leverage the principles of, you know, a, how a civilian protects civilians or whatever their background is, how we can focus on protection better, you know. Yeah, so, so it might be sort of an obscure place for people to to try to jump into this conversation. But I imagine, you know, a lot of people are, you know, they're, they're trying to imagine what the day-to-day grind looks like for you. Let's say you're with a client. And, um, and, and they might relate it to something they've seen in a movie, you know, like a, a Jason Statham, a John Wick, you know, Keanu Reeves kind of thing. And it's all like, it's all show. It's all go all the time. It's dark glasses and, you know, and high speed gear. 
but I know, cause I, I do trade and work with other, other guys in the field, other individuals in the field, they come from all varying backgrounds. They didn't just show up here. And what I just described, what the movies show are, couldn't be any more from really kind of the truth of what the day-to-day looks like. Maybe, maybe you could walk us through kind of, we'll back it up. We'll walk it back a little bit. Maybe you could kind of walk us through what the reality of a day looks like for somebody in your line of work. What I love about it is like coming from the Marine Corps and coming from like combat, I kind of had to find a way to serve the world that would like not kill me, (laughs) you know, like the, you know, it's already coming from such an intense reality. It's like, all right, is this just going to be cartoons for the rest of my life? Like, is like nothing ever going to be serious again? Or like, am I never going to get to like really stretch my legs out and get after it? Like you feel like a Lamborghini being forced to drive in a school zone forever. Like, you know, like (laughs) the quality of problems you deal with on a daily basis are like, like nominal, you know? So, and, and then eventually that gets to you too. You know, I, um, you know, I think that executive protection or, you know, private security is a great, great industry for vets to get into. I always try to hire vets, encourage vets, and also train vets on how to get into this industry for those reasons. But one of the things vets deal with in that transition is the reality of like the cognitive dissonance that comes from being like, I'm like a warlord going into being a guardian, you know? So you realize really quickly, it's a service related industry. Like it's all about the service that you're able to render, Mm -hmm. which sometimes you, that means you might be the coffee getter, man. Like, like sometimes you might be the, the, put this, put the car seat in the car guy, you know? So um, one day you could be going to Whole Foods shadowing your principal or ghosting your principal, we call it, where you're like watching, but you're not necessarily with them. Or or you might be right next to them walking through the checkout aisle, just trying to like stay low profile um, and navigate your basic civilian reality uh, with this person who you have to protect. But like it totally still hits the spot if you're organically a protector. Um, but then another day you might be at, like, I've worked the presidential inaugurations, you know, I've been in palaces, I've been, you know, in castles and, 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 uh, corporate environments at the highest level. I've spent weeks on private jets and in the top hotels in the world backstage at all kinds of concerts and stuff. So you get tremendous access to all these things. You really always like all these people, places, and things that you could only dream of where you look over at your buddy and you're like, dude, no one's going to believe us. Like right. no one's going to believe us if we tell them that we're doing this right now. Right. But then you also have these, this, these, a lot of time where you know, I've spent countless uh, holidays sitting inside a chase vehicle outside, parked outside of a client's house with a buddy, you know, getting brought leftovers if they think about us. While they're, while they're having their holiday, right? You're out there, you're protecting. You know, they're, they're unwrapping presents and we're just sitting out there in the car like, all right, well, you know, I got some good audio books, dude. You want to, you know, like right. you're just kind of like keeping an eye on things, you know? So, um, you know, a lot of the times it's a lot of time waiting and serving, but then a lot of times, you know, you're flown into countries, you know, before your principals and clients, you get to build out a whole protection package and kind of get some, get some licks in on your own time too. And live an awesome life. I've seen over 60 different countries doing this work. It's the only job I've had since I was 21 after the Marine Corps. So, um, it's been a tremendous blessing and a way for me to stay sharp. Um, and, and it's more than a, like you hear me say, it's more than just a job. It's a lifestyle. <clears throat> I've been able to live that warrior ethos 
stay dangerous, have an excuse to stay dangerous and stay formidable and been able to keep, you know, that eye, that sharpness in my eye to see things and move through the world. Um, so, you know, a lot of it's not as glorious at all as the John Wick stuff. I had never had none like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we have had some, some situations where we've had to get to work and, um, you're obviously not, you're trying to avoid those situations. It's a totally different mission than the military. You're trying to avoid everything and get out of everything. Um, but at the same time, man, if you're, if you have the protection DNA, which is something I talk about a lot, um, you know, which applies to civilians and professional protectors, then it's, you're going to dig it, man. And I love helping people get into the game. So heck yeah. You know, I got a couple of questions here. Like you just kind of mentioned some of the the not so glorious parts about it sitting in a car while somebody else is having their, their Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner or whatever, whatever the heck it might be. Is it a thankless job, Byron? I mean, is it just kind of one of those, you know, you show up, you do your work, nobody's there patting you on your, on, on your back. You just have to know kind of internally that you're doing, you're doing a thing here and that has to be good enough for you. Or is there, is there more to it than that? On one side, it depends on your clientele and who your principal is, whether they treat you like they expect you to take a bullet for them or not. Um, but the best agents and the best way to approach the game is like, I'm not protecting you with my life because how cool you are, how much I look up to you, you know, how much I've always wanted to work for this company or this corporation, you know, I'm protecting you because this is who I am. And this is a vocation that aligns with my values on the deepest level. So mm -hmm. you're going to make it home tonight because I'm here and I'm a protector, you know? So my validation for what I do comes from within and that's the best way to move through this space because if you get a certain type of celebrity client or you you find yourself around different client demographics 100 man like you're you are you're you're the help you know <laughs> like, like like there's the nannies there's the butlers there's the chauffeurs there's the security you know like you are in a service industry and so you're there to serve and if you if you, if you have a tendency to make it about you, you know, you're so cool, you're so capable, you know, and, and, and you make it about you and not about rendering the highest quality of service, you're going to have a, you're going to fall out, man. You're going to gas out because yeah, it's a thankless job. You never expect your principals to say thank you. Um, but when they do, you know, you're doing a good job and that's a, that's a badge, man. That's a feather in your hat. That's a stripe. And you take that stuff, you know, and, and, and you forget about it instantly and you aim to do a better job tomorrow so you're you're yeah you're touching on like the mindset stuff right about coming in with a clear head and not being disillusioned about what it is and also understanding there are strategies there are tactics that we can i want to talk about some of those things but it really is about why am i here and what am i doing uh, what is my purpose um and so for those people that may not understand that uh I guess what I'm getting from you is, is it's just something that's hard coded in your DNA and maybe expressed by going to war and becoming a warfighter, you know, like you were, we have a, we have a country full of those right now, you know, guys that men and women that went away, um, to faraway lands and faraway places and were faced with some pretty crazy adversity, uh, and also given a very high level of training and, and had to survive and perform, these environments now they're coming back and you mentioned the transition piece i imagine i imagine that piece into this coming from that is the hardest thing you could probably have to do you you, you basically said i think going from the offensive to really being more on the defensive rather than getting after it trying to avoid it um and i wonder what kind of 
aside from some of the other preparedness things you're going to have to be be aware of, I wonder what the what the biggest skill is that you have to be working on, or what you find maybe for people entering into this into this business from with the same background. What's the what's the most important skill or set of skills they bring to the table beyond their ability to just be a warfighter? Social dynamics. Social dynamics is the hidden art of success in our industry. It's what I give all my talks on when I teach it. Uh, different events and 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 you know live events that we have in the industry. Um, the, when I started, you know, at 21 years old, I was working with the hardest clients in Southern California. Um, one of the hardest clients. You know, we had a turnaround that was out of this world. You know, my first six months, we saw roughly 30 dudes come and go. And every wow. single time, you know, every single time we had someone come and go, like we'd have a dude show up and he'd be special forces, whatever. He'd be secret service, retired, law enforcement, retired. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like 21 years old, you know, and I just got out of the Marine Corps. I'm like infantry, like who cares? Right. And mind you, like that first year we hit 60 some odd countries, we traveled more than the president of the United States and the secret service. Like this was like learning to drink out of a fire hose. Right. But like, if I dial it back into how I got the job, it was all social dynamics by the grace of God. If I go into after, you know, I saw the first like 15 guys and I was like, this guy should take my job. Like this guy, like I'd follow this guy into war, you know, mm-hmm. but I started to realize I was in a different place, different environment. And I had to come to grips with the reality that like, yo, there's a reason you're still here, bro. So what's that about? And so I really started to focus on the reality that like, there's an ology to why I'm able to hold on to this principle. And, you know, I worked that client for seven years. Um, and I saw numerous agents come and go because they weren't able to really, um, grab onto the social dynamics of it, you know, and then I popped down to the East coast to Florida and I rebuilt my books again as a bouncer climbed up into the executive high levels of executive protection using those same kind of set of social dynamics. And that's why it's one of the main things that I teach at my course, you know, in my school is because I've seen so many good guys come into this industry, dudes that like are meat eaters that like, I'd go hit a house right now with that. Like, you know, I could fight a war with, but the failure to be able to walk away from like I'm prior retired law enforcement and and not respect the um, soft skills of the executive Mm. protection industry, or I'm, you know, SF because we come from these awesome pedigrees that we shed blood and sweat to get to, you know, that it's really hard to say like, all right, now I need to freaking chameleonize this and transition this uh, and package it in a way that it's palatable Mm. to the civilian or the new king kind of in the court that I'm dealing with. And uh, so, yeah, without a doubt, man, when I get a new agent, we're going over social dynamics of executive protection, you know? Um, And I think that's really what makes the difference in survivability and and thriveability, if that's a word in this game. No, I I think thrive, it should be it. I mean, because it, it, while it's obviously much different work than a lot of other things, you've been able to make a, a career out of this and stay safe and stay positive and stay humble and stay healthy and all those things. You know, you were talking about the XSF guy or the ex law enforcement guy. And um, what I think I hear you saying is we're not asking you to be any less of those, of those things, of all those skills that you learn. It's more or less learning when and when not right to use those things and, and be maybe be able to anticipate those things. At least that's what I get from you. When I listen to your, 
listen to your talks because here's what I know about you, Byron. You, you are not a guy I would want to tangle with on the other end of, of mixing it up, right? It's just because you have that, but you know, you know when, when, and when not, when not to, to do those things. And so being in control uh, of your mental status, your emotional level, everything right on down to your physiology, your heart rate, your breathing rate, right? Your, your, your vision, your level of vision, you're not tunnel vision, all those things. I might be jumping ahead here, but uh, th- that those are not things that you want to lose. You need to train those skills, but it's the other thing. And so I guess what that being this, these soft skills or these social dynamics. So I'm wondering, cause you're not, you're not just a guy that just figured this shit out. Uh, you know, you, you, and, and we're, and we're good at it. You just walked us through kind of, you, you were 21 years old. I mean, you're, you're, you're getting thrown into the lion's den here. You got to, you do have to figure it out at child by fire, which by the way, that's how a lot of warfighters get into it too. From my understanding, while I'm not one of those guys, you get training and then you, then the real world hits like, and there's a difference. <laughs> so you, so you need these guys around you or these people around you to mentor you, to check you, even chin check you on occasion to make sure you stay you know, tight and on, 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 and on pace to do the things you need to do and make sure you're safe and all those things. So I wonder, I mean, you have an, ex, you have uh, additional education outside the military. It's not just in, you know, executive protection. You went out and got yourself a master's degree along the way here. Um, and so learned not just soft skills, not learn just those soft skills, but actual, maybe the science behind those soft skills and how to apply them. So here's the question. The question is: Is if if I'm a if I'm a guy or a or, or a, a woman tra- that wants to transition out of my current thing or is about to transition out of my current thing, military, law enforcement, wh- whatever the case, some other government agency, and I want to get into this, how do I do that effectively so that I don't walk into the lion's den right away? What what is the pathway? What's the pathway, and how do I do it? Honestly, man, and I really, <laughs> it's funny because I get asked this question weekly, right, in my DMs, and I have created, I created the best pipeline that I can come up with to do this, you know, because like nothing against a lot of schools out there. It's so like, I mean, taking it back to the beginning, right? You've got to understand that if you have an awesome background, you if you have a tactical background, you understand basic tactics, you understand probably how to protect somebody, you understand, you know, um, how to do kind of the tactical side of the house when it comes to this stuff, you just need to like see it once or twice, walk through it and get like, you know, that training and then you're good. Um, But when I got asked this question for years, I would kind of be like, well, go to this really high-end school. But then they'd go to the high-end school and they'd learn how to do executive protection. And then they'd be coming back being like, all right, cool. Like I went to this high-end school. Like I'm ready. I've arrived, right? <laughs> mm, like, well, what are you doing to find jobs? How, you know, what does your resume look like? What does your LinkedIn look like? Do you know how to interview for this type of thing? You know, and they're like, why well, have these tactical schools? And I'm like, that's cool. But like, do you understand the service industry? Do you understand, you know, um, what have you done to make it so that I know you can interact with a client? Cause like I said, social dynamics, I got to know that I can put you in a car with a principal and they're not going to feel like, like militarized or starchy, or you're not going to make us all look weird by the time we get to the, to the destination. So the answer that I've come up with, honestly, that's been the best is, you know, the school that I put together called the league of executive protection specialists, man, where honestly, I literally, 
walk you through how to rewrite your resume so you don't send me a resume that's all like over militarized and you know it actually like doesn't help you at all i show you like what's going to help you i show you how to rewrite and set up your linkedin because that's really what i'm going to look at when we start you know looking into you i show you how to interview i show you how to interface with your team so that you actually don't rub them the wrong way and they don't like assassinate you how <laughs> to interface with you know uh clients principals the royal court all the relationships around mm. the principal because that's being game being able to gain cultural equity is really how you stay in the place you can uh. get hired because you have a sub-second draw and you're a navy seal you'll you, you might get hired but your survivability if it has everything to do with your ability to gain cultural equity with the corporate structures around your client with the royal court the relationships around your client and the nanny mafia if you can't get in good with the nanny mafia bro <laughs> but yeah you know i mean like so there's levels to this thing and then you know, I, I connect these professionals with a group of professionals, an international group of professionals, and they share opportunities. And so you start getting plugged into the work. And then lastly, I come on to Zoom to a Zoom call just like this twice a month. And I coach you through any sticking points you're having. And I walk dudes into the game. I just walk them in. And it's worked for we've got, we have just about 300 students at this time. And it's I mean, the reports we've it, honestly, man, it puts fuel in my tank. It's been something that has uh blessed me more than i ever could have imagined you know like so that's that's the answer to that one because i get hit with that one all the time and i'm like it's an honor to be able to help people have the careers they want if i come out of this thing as a if i come out of a school and i'm ready to walk in and i think i'm ready what don't i know yet outside of the soft skills or maybe you can give us some particular ones in there you mentioned like nanny mafia like it's gonna hit you in the side of the head well they never talked about this shit in school right i I never had that i never had that experience there was never that role play that happened or whatever and if i'm the if i'm the potential client like what how do i go about knowing or finding the right type of person to fit the role that i need them to fit yeah man so one with the schools you know Unfortunately, and, and I don't, I'm not, there are some awesome schools out there, but some of the trends I've seen is that the instructors aren't actively working in the industry. The instructors are instructors. Mm. And so um, this industry is changing exponentially. I read a Forbes report before the pandemic that said this industry would be, uh, was going to double in the next 10 years. You add in the pandemic there and everyone being scared and everyone wanting security, we have seen just exponential growth. It's probably going to quadruple the amount of private security professionals that are in demand. As a business owner, I am having to scour the earth <laughs> for, for high good, quality for good protectors. protectors. Yeah. yeah. So high yeah. quality people are in good, great time to get into the industry. So with that having been said, you know, the, the principals very rarely actually see the resumes or know what to look for. The hiring managers are the ones that are the ones that are actually looking for looking at the resumes. But um, with a lot of the schools, they'll teach you how to do executive protection. And you might even get on a detail because you know how to do executive protection from a good school. But guys don't make it because they make all these other little mistakes with regards to the social dynamics package. Mm-hmm. I didn't come from one of these big schools. All my content is straight up on the job. This is, I had to cut my teeth on one of the hardest details in the industry. Then I left there and I went and I chased the pager and became a domestic contractor, which means I worked for like five different companies in a region. And I just took different gigs for every client demographic and worked with there was like pickup basketball games all week long, all month long, different teams, different clients, and really kind of 
found a way to climb that way. And I learned, did that on the East coast, then came back and did that on the West coast and rebuilt from the door. Again, yeah. a lot of guys are, are bouncing right now, trying to figure out how to get into the industry. So that experience has turned out to be based on what my students are telling me, like, man, this is the most real world course that I've ever gone to. And then when I go to other courses, I'm kind of like, this is more like the classroom, right? So when you walk out of one of those courses, you might know how to do executive protection, but you won't know, you, you, you'll be at a disadvantage when it comes to how to survive on a detail. And the reason why is because you're in these high stress environments. You're the king's court, right? Like, so you say the wrong thing at the king's table, you're done. You rented a Ford and the, and the client likes Chevy, you're wow. done. You, know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got Aquafina water and the client wants Fuji, you're done. Like, wow. go home. And it's like shark tanky, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you wore a red shirt, he doesn't like red, you know what I mean? So it can be one of the most unfair industries, right? But when you're in these situations where everyone's a little bit on edge because they don't want to upset the the, the blue bloods, right? Um, you start to see like the prisoner's dilemma kind of thing come in where like everyone starts to want to protect themselves and you can find yourself in an environment where uh, competition starts to rule over cooperation. Wow. Anytime competition rules over cooperation, you have a high attrition environment. So everyone's afraid, doesn't trust anyone else, and they're protecting themselves. This is in your own EP team, and this is in all your auxiliary team members with the house staff and the nannies and the butlers. And so you will be behind the power curve realizing where alliances are, can you create alliances, and your alliances and all these different factors are really what's going to make it so you actually survive, not mm-hmm. how awesome you are and all the things you learned at your school. Um, and what I teach people how to do is how to subversively disarm everyone in your environment and actually start to show them and prove to them that cooperation is superior to competition. Mm-hmm. And it creates an environment where everyone's actually way safer. So if you watch like Darwin tonight, like if you watch uh, the Discovery Channel tonight and Darwin talks about both of these principles, uh, the survival of the fittest, which is what everyone focuses on. Um, but then there's also survival of the pack, elimination of the weakest, which is really mm-hmm. uh, how we all actually win. It's a more abundant mindset, but it makes it safer for everyone. Which gazelle gets eaten? The one that's by itself. That it doesn't keep up with the pack. Trying, trying to be a loner. Yep. Right. So we, 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 we learn how to create strong packs and winning teams and actually the client wins because having one all-star is like cool. But if that one all-star, when they make a mistake or when they get in a war with like the PAs who have more personal assistance, who have more power than them, then the whole security team looks like trash, right? Falls apart. You have a team of all-stars, like the dream team, at least in your client's perception, there's way more stability for everyone. So I guess long answer, but. Um, it's a great answer, man. That's a great answer. Again, I think it clears up probably a lot of things for anybody that's struggling maybe in, in their own position or in their transition into one um, or st- hasn't figured out why they got the boot on the last one they were on. And we'll call you back if we need anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't call us. We'll call you. And, <laughs> and the, uh, you know, and, and again, the principles out there that are that maybe are frustrated, tired and quite, quite frankly, maybe a little fearful of all the change that they constantly see happening within the environment of the, of the team that's around them. Um, so that actually brings up the uh, next thing you, you talked a little bit. Um, well, you, you talked a little bit about coming out with, with certain skills and, and, and moving on. I, there's this, there's um, 
idea of being prepared, right. And always being prepared for anything that comes your way. And you have to be ready at a, at a moment's notice. And, you know, we think about that for police officers and military and, um, now, you know, in this, in this subject of executive protection, I mean, obviously I want my, my protection team to be 1000% ready for anything that hits them at any time. Now that is a lot of shit, man. That is a lot of stuff, right? Murphy, man. Murphy's got moves. Man. Right. And so there is a lot of things. So in terms of staying prepared for all these things, I mean, I've got all these different skill sets, right? Um, how do you stay prepared? Maybe walk us through, you know, the things that you do maybe on a weekly, monthly, annual basis to keep you sharp in the skill skill sets, maybe outside of this, uh, you know, the social interaction that you're talking about. I mean, what's the reality of that? Yeah, man. Well, the reality of it, that's really dangerous. And keep in mind, guys, like, yeah, like I, I do executive protection, but like everything I'm talking about and can do and am doing to protect a civilian this is all stuff civilians can be doing. You can do to protect your family. Like it's directly transitionable. Like you don't need a badge to do anything that I talk about. You know what I mean? Which I, that gets me excited, you know, cause I'm a warrior and I look to translate my skills into the civilian population as much as possible. So there are more warriors there because I think protectors are like the white blood cells in the body of humanity. Like there's no reason we should have like a bad dude pop up and get like a kill count in the double digits in America where we have such a strong gun culture. It's like totally unacceptable. That happens in Israel. Dude pops up with a gun. Everybody shoots him. Yes. Maybe it's one and a half. <laughs> like he shoots like one person and everyone like they just gets decimated. And that's what I want to see the world. Like I want to see on scene accountability, you know, uh, for people that choose to try to victimize other people, you know? Um, so yeah, man. I mean, if we have anytime we know that there's going to be a movement, uh, we will, if we have the luxury, sometimes we don't have this luxury. Sometimes it's just like hop in the car. I want to go, you know, here and we're doing this on the fly, but we'll send out, um, if we can, we'll do a digital advance of an, of a location, which means we're selecting our routes. We're looking at it on saddle on, you know, Google maps and things like that. If we're going to a country, we're contacting embassies, we're co- pulling country reports to find out what types of threats we should look at. We're assessing those threats and we're looking at our client's behavior and the likelihood of those threats becoming something that we're coming in contact with, which is how we calculate risk, right? Um, if it's just like a local thing, then we're, you know, obviously looking at that environment, we can pull up crime statistics and things like that. If we're going to a new location inside the U S we need to start looking at that. We'll get locals as well, a local security team, if it's international. And sometimes if it's even in another state to give us on-scene data and someone who knows the territory. So, so there's actually like intra departmental or intra agency, uh, yeah, collaboration on this. This is just four or five guys or whatever out trying to do it all on their own. Right? Okay, got it. Yeah, man. So especially the, the bigger the movement, the more assets we pull into it, you know, but if we're like going to the store or we're going to a venue that's local, you know, we have to take a look at site security. So we'll look at that venue. We'll get like, you know, that venue team will interact with them. Everything we can find on that venue online. This is like a digital advance that we're doing right now. Then we'll look at our routes and route selection and decide how we want to get in and out of there. If we can, we'll run that route before we go there with the principal at the same time of day that we'll be running it with the principal. And then we'll run it again that same day before our movement, just in case there's construction or like ET decide to land a spaceship in the middle of the freeway or something. (laughs) It's like traffic, right? Like be ready. (laughs) Be ready. 
Yeah. And you don't want to be sitting in the car with your client and be like, this never happens. <laughs> They're just going to be like, good. Um, so, you know, we'll do route selection, run the route, um, you know, the day prior. And then that morning, uh, we will look at any assets we have medically, law enforcement assets. We'll select those locations before we go into that environment. So we know, hey, go to, you know, this hospital. We have a backup hospital. We'll know the um, the capabilities of those hospitals, you know, if it's a full trauma, like what they actually have and the hours that they're open, depending on when we're going to be in that environment. So there's a whole bunch of advanced work we do. Um, and then we'll push an advance agent there prior to landing so that we have eyes on that location. That, that agent who's there is doing um, counter, uh, counter surveillance and making sure that no one in that environment is paying attention to us and different things like that. You know, I mean, I shouldn't tell too many of these little secrets. Yeah, you started the whole thing with, you know, these are things that civilians can be doing for themselves now. Some might say, now, Byron, this sounds a little ridiculous. I just want to take my kid on a, you know, a weekend to Disneyland or whatever else. However, if you don't, if you don't, you don't live down there, you don't know the environment, driving into that environment alone um, with absolutely zero understanding of your surrounding, what the risks, risks that are there, you know, where your hotel is located, where the nearest, um, you know, medical facility is, should something happen, those kind of things, uh, it might look, I, I might be like, look, dude, I just want to take a vacation. But the reality is if the shit hits the fan, if something goes down and you're completely unprepared for things, seconds matter. Minutes, minutes certainly matter. So I don't think it's outside of the room. Like if you, it is, if you don't know where the nearest embassy is on your little trip to like, I mean, like, ah, I had some people wanting to go down to Mexico and I love Mexico as much as the next person, but it is like, uh, one of the most dangerous, the most dangerous city in the world is in Mexico. It's more dangerous than Afghanistan right now, based it's on our travel ratings. You know what I mean? It's if you don't know where thing. the embassy is, if you don't know what time you can use the road without getting taxed by the cartels, you want to go to Disneyland? Cool, dude. If you don't understand any of the case studies on the abductions that have gone out, gone down over there in terms of it being one of the hubs for human trafficking in Cal- in the state of California, like. If you don't recognize that type of attack, your kid's over the border, you're never going to see him again. And yeah. you know what? The cool thing is, as a civilian, if you don't look into this stuff, you may never have to know it, but it's happening to civilians every single day. They're being victimized. So it's like, learn how to do a little bit of advance work, you know, hop online, you know, like maybe look at some things so you can recognize some things, you know, so you can have a plan and avoid some things if you can and need to avoid them. Because every one of these places you guys go to, you know, the wolves are there. And they know what to look for. And, you know, this is what I really try to push home with my with the protector symposiums and all the online stuff is like, I I don't want to need you to go to a dojo for 10 years or go to the range 100 times for you to become the type of person who can live a safer pattern of life. All I do for civilians, really, is I try to help them live a safer pattern of life. These billionaires I protect. And then I have contingencies in place to react to anything that happens. And then we bring to bear hard skills just in case we have to use them, um, which we avoid, which you as a father, as a single mother, you know, you for your family with the right understanding of soft skills and a little bit of research. If you're going into, you know, a place where a lot of other human beings might be like a concert or even, you know, going into a neighborhood you're not familiar with um so yeah man now i I get i get the civilian mindset it's such a good question and my answer is man like 
ignorance is not bliss. No, no. that they, they, they count on. I think, you know, it, it's, we've become, we, the collective us has become comfortable, right? And that comfort actually provides more opportunity for the air quotes wolves that you just, you just mentioned. And, and if, if you're not paying attention um, or you want to bury your head in the sand about what's going on around you right now, well, you've already said a couple of things. I mean, we, I brought up the Disneyland thing because I happen to know a little bit about that area. Um, and it's not awesome. Uh, and it's not awesome. And, and you're literally, you're, you're very close to the border, as you said, and it's very quick and, and a lot of other evilness that's out there. It's, it's, it's there, a lot of bad things can happen in a very short period of time. Um, now it's not to deter people from taking their family vacations, whatever it's, it's, yeah, it goes back to all the information that you just mentioned while you kind of took it to a little bit of a deeper level there with the things that you do for your particular clients, uh, in, in setting up is accessible to them. They can look all this stuff up. They can be aware of it. And you're, you, you do a good job of making people aware of kind of just what's happening out there in the world on a daily basis that isn't necessarily winding up or popping up on their particular social media because they haven't fed that social media to tell them these things right so they're not they're not they're not being aware we're not seeing it say say in the in the mainstream media and that is that is some bad shit that happens on a daily basis and we're not talking foreign countries we're not talking foreign soil we're talking right here literally in our backyard and 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 so if you you know what i've seen on your social media is like a video of something going down right here right in the bay area which I want to open up on in a little second or in a second, or maybe somewhere else in the country where some, some evil person or thing has happened and there, and what you're bringing to light is, is not, and I want to be really clear about this, not because you didn't say this. Um, and so I'm going to preface this with not everybody needs to be running around with a gun and to stop things from happening, but 90, well, maybe that's not fair, but a large percentage of the time, if people had been more aware of their situation they were walking themselves into, um, that could have been avoided, which is the best way to not get involved in this stuff is to avoid it all the yeah, right? You don't yeah. want to use it. Your whole life is going to be, you might lose your whole everything. Yeah. 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 You, you're not trying to walk in, you know, to a situation to make it worse. The best thing to do is just not walk into the situation at all. So, you know, you, you kind of brought some things to light there. And what I, the other thing I heard you say there is again, going back to the Forbes report, the, the, this protection business is one of the fastest growing industries in the United States right now or in the world. In the world, man. And, and the people that have access to that are not the majority of the humans living in the world. This is a very specific group of people that have the wealth and the, and the ability to employ this type of thing. And I, again, this is the Silicon Valley part or the Bay area part. I train with uh, people that are in the business, right. Of protecting these people. And some of the most concentrated wealth in the entire world is right here in the Bay area. And it's running around all the time and they can afford this, right. They have, they have these teams working for them. What I don't see or what, 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 what continually boggles my mind is that while this is happening literally around them at the Whole Foods, right, or at the restaurant that they're eating at, and they don't, they're not aware of it, they're also not aware of all the reasons those people are there. And uh, it's, it's mind-blowing to me that, that with all the things happening in the world, people haven't taken a little bit of a step back uh, and, and said, hey, how can I better prepare myself for this thing, whatever it is. So you mentioned awareness, right? And, and the, some of the things you can do, let's talk about some of the other pieces of that awareness. So mindset you started with, right? Um, being aware and the little things that you might be able to do to, to kind of protect yourself. Then there, there is the, 
there is going to be that situation. And again, you're showing them quite frequently where you're going to have to be physically prepared somehow. So what else can you do? Yeah, real quick. I, I want to make sure I get this in real quick. So kind of on the mindset thing too. I mean, not the mindset, but on the soft skills, right? Um, and you made some awesome points, you know, like you don't, even if you carry a gun, like if you're having to use it, unless you're just getting happy, if you're having to use it, you're kind of already like behind the power curve, man. You never yep. want to be in that position as professionals. We are doing everything we can not to ever be in that position. Right. But then just as family, man, as just good humans, we're always trying to never be in that position. So, you know, I talked about kind of high level things that we do. Um, but for the everyday person or even um, even professional protectors, I kind of break it down into three, like kind of four, three or four steps. This is like the trifecta for me of security. And at first it kind of might sound like a lot, but think of it as when you were first learning to drive a car and you got in the car and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to do all this stuff. And you're like shifting and you're mm -hmm. like, you know, you have like all this conscious incompetence going on, but after a while it became, you know, we all know that kind of the hierarchy, but it became unconscious confidence mm -hmm. where you're just like, like sending a text message and blow drying your hair while you're driving down the street, <laughs> like you shouldn't be right. <laughs> like they have to tell you not to do that, you know? So, you know, it's, I want to be able to, with everything that I do, I'm trying to one with those tactical protection reviews where I'm dropping, showing people traumatic, uh, violent encounters in real life. And I'm breaking them afterwards i want to microdose people with trauma because that's what their brain remembers and that's what you know will embed in their little in their psychology to where they'll literally be like next time hopefully my sister's sitting in her car sending a text message in a parking garage you know nice 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 hydro flash by the way that's what's up <laughs> <laughs> don't leave on without it got it man it's my, it's my edc yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> weapon of opportunity you do all kinds of things um but you know Next time someone's daughter's sitting in a parking garage, sending a text message before getting moving, she's going to be like, you know what? I saw that video and like, I need to get my car moving, you know, because when cars aren't moving their coffins. Right. Um, so that's why I show those kind of explicit videos and then try to turn them into learning opportunities. But to break down kind of what every civilian can do, what every human should be doing. I think a lot of guys say situational awareness. I think that's a little bit too broad. So I break it down into some steps, man. Context. Like, where are you going right now? And what kind of risk level do you believe that place is going to bring to your life? Like, what's what are the threats there? Think about it, like constant, like, all right, I'm getting dressed for the day um, or I'm getting ready to walk out of my office. Context, where am I? I'm going into a transitional space. Like 80% of attacks happen in transitional spaces where you're like in between one safe place, your office and your car. Mm -hmm. or your car and your house or in transit from, you know, the East coast to the West coast, it's a macro and micro transitional space. You're vulnerable there because you don't recognize things and that's where you're going to run into the wolf. Right. Um, so, okay. I'm going to be in a transitional space. So context, I'm going to a party with a bunch of people. I don't know, going to a concert, you know, and, and think about this. Okay. And then the next thing is when you get their tactical positioning. So if I'm walking from my car to, if I'm walking from my office to my car, you know, what can I do tactically to position myself where I have the most visual mastery of my environment? And maybe I have a plan. Like maybe you do put your keys in your knuckles. Maybe you do say, hey, you know, Jeff that I work with, can you walk me to my car? Like right. I'm not physically potent. I'm 110 pounds and I, you know, 
it doesn't matter how much I watch Wonder Woman, I still can't beat up most dudes. You know what I'm saying? So like, like you be realistic. Personal right. protection about the person. Self-defense about the self. You know, like if you're less physically potent, you should focus on getting hardware and things that can help even the playing field. If you're older, focus on and, and understand when you may need to implement a force multiplier so you can even that playing field and survive and overcome and win and, and, and be with your family. Um, no ego in that whatsoever. Right. Protect is about the person. Self-defense is about you. Figure it out for you. You know, so context, tactical positioning, where am I sitting in my environment, visual mastery of my environment. And then um, uh, you have to have a plan that goes with this. What am I going to be doing, you know, with this situational awareness if I do see someone or see something happening? So context, tactical positioning, and then rolling risk assessment. Like what's my risk, my behavior uh, cross-referenced with where I'm at, what kind of risk am I at? And am I, am I dealing with, and with risk, I'm assessing people around me. I'm looking at the baseline expected behavior around me. And then I'm looking for anomalies, anomaly, someone who doesn't have an alibi for why he's there. I'm, you know, I'm in the parking lot. Everyone's going to and from their car. Who's watching me in the parking lot. Okay. Like, why is that guy there? Is he like waiting for a ride? What's he doing? Why is he moving towards me, towards me? Proximics. We're getting more into that tactical positioning. Where am I standing so I can watch him and do what I need to do? And then you got to have a plan, man, to execute if things do go south. And that's where the hard skills and things like that can come in. Hopefully you never, hopefully you never have to be there though. Right. And hopefully you never have to do it, man. If you can remember those things, you'll start seeing through the matrix, man. Context, tactical positioning and rolling risk assessment, you know, and then have a plan. That's really like kind of my approach to situational awareness. Yeah. Kind of gets, it's, just, it's the same with mine. And, you know, just as a civilian, who's not having to pr- protect, you know, a client, I do have a family, right. And anytime you're bringing in those that are less physically potent or this, uh, or, or less aware in that situation, you are now at even exposed to even more risk because they are, Right. And they are to, to an extent, an additional liability. So this, the, the thought process to go that much further, uh, and I want to get into that a little bit, but the, you go back to the driving the car analogy and the unconscious incompetence, like this takes practice. This is not something you just walk in and do. Right. And it might sound a little scary and a little obscure if you don't live your life like this. Um, but it's, it's not something you even have to discuss with somebody, have that conversation in your head first so that you're, you're in a position to know, oh, well, I'm not sure what this means or what do I do in that situation? And there's lots of resources out there to maybe become a little bit more aware and things that you, you can, you know, you can do or practice or, or get involved into, uh, to, to, to be a little, a little bit more aware of your, of your situation. We got a whole library, man, <clears throat> at the Protector Symposium website where you can download all this training from all the top, a lot of top subject matter experts. And they just give you presentations on behavioral profiling, surviving a violent encounter, all these different things. Cause that's, that's my goal is to get this info to people <clears throat> who don't have time to go to the dojo for 10 years and come black belt and jujitsu. Right. If you're the head of that household, or if you're an adult in that household, or if you're a son or a daughter, just you taking these things seriously can make the difference, you know? And if you are a leader of that household, train your family. <clears throat> we go to a restaurant. My wife already knows she can blame it on me. She can call me the bad guy. She can say he got PTSD, but she's going to tell that waiter. Do you have a, maybe a, a table kind of towards the back or, mm-hmm. 
you know, and she's going to walk up to the table. She knows where I'm going to sit <clears throat> automatically. She knows I want to have that visual mastery because <clears throat> that's my role in the unit. And if I have to engage or do something, she's going to run and take, you know, the rest of the less physically capable people in our party to a safer location. Um, and so that's that type of training, I believe, is whether people realize it or not, protections, protection is the one skill that you need to possess, possess if you're going to continue ensuring that you're going to enjoy the things and people you love in your life. Like you cannot take it. It's like insurance. You cannot take it seriously, but when you need it, you want to have it and not need it, you know, because it's what makes all of this possible. We have this because we can protect it. Like, you yeah, know, you're right. It, it, it is. And I think it's hard. I think, I think it's hard for people to come to grips with, am I crazy for thinking like this? Like, am I paranoid? Yeah. You know, and, and it does the people or the people around me that I'm talking to about this, do they think I'm paranoid for thinking or, or acting this way. And I think that stifles the conversation, right? I think it stifles conversation because I, you know, going back to, you know, the son or the daughter and being trying to be, or the leader of your unit, your family unit in this case, there is a high level of communication that needs to happen there. Right. And so that people are prepared. So when it, when it comes up, it almost becomes an unspoken language. Like, you know, again, going to the restaurant, asking for a specific table in a specific place. And that's how you're handling those situations in, or your wife is handling those situations. Whatever else, but how do you have this communication with people? Right. And, you know, starting with those that are most important to you, you know, your immediate family, how do you, how do you start having that conversation without sounding like a total whack job? Right. And, and again, I don't have a problem doing it, but how do you do it well? Right. And, and what are some of the skills or tips you can give us to, to, you know, start down the right path? Yeah. hundred percent. I personally, and this is half the reason I created the tactical protection reviews. Cause I got all these sisters, right. I got five sisters and I'm like, yo, you know, like you need to make sure. And I'm telling them all these things and ways to keep himself safe. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, profits, profits without honor is in his own home. Right. So, <laughs> so they're just like, yeah, you're the security guy. Yeah. 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 And I know they're never going to do it. Like they're just not going to remember anything I have yeah. to say. I'm Byron. Yeah. I'm big brother. Right. But you know, or your dad or your little brother, or your, you know, the one person that realizes that this is important and you don't have to wait for something to happen to you to take it seriously. Right. So what I do, what I did, and what I always suggest to people is have them honestly, like send them, have them follow, have them follow me. So right. that they're going to start seeing real world violence, which carries more weight than anything you can say, because it's experiential and experiential when this is the, you know, the psychology degree, but experiential information holds way more weight in your psychology. This is why I can post literally someone finding the cure for cancer and it's the best day in the world and i can post it and no one cares i'll get no like reason. no one cares no. i post one horrible thing one violent thing get eight eight thousand volos yeah eight thousand when you watch it everyone's like glued to their phones if in fact you know you're trying to get your family to be more security conscious or have a, an appreciation for that um the first thing i'd say is have them follow me so they can start to get or have them have them follow me so they can start to see the reality that is all around them all the time that just hasn't reached up and bit them yet. And they'll start to value it. And it's not just fear. It's also education. So competency and education expels fear because then you understand what you can do to avoid things. Right. That's the first thing, you know, if you're, 
trying to have these conversations like, hey, you know, when we go out to eat, I need to make sure I have a spot where I can see the room. And, um, you know, if something does happen, you guys make sure you go this way and make sure when you walk into a room, you know, the exits where you're trying to explain these things. If you're getting resistance, help them see the reality, you know, and have it come from somewhere else. That's partial. That's really what I've seen work the most, you know, and now, you know, my whole family's on board, you know, all my sisters and everyone's like, yeah, you know, that one video and where the girl was waiting at the elevator and someone hopped on the elevator with her and, you know, she should have got off the elevator, you know, she should have just not got on the elevator. Like they're thinking, it gets them thinking and it just brings, it makes it real to them because it's experiential information rather than just, you know, us talking about the things that, you know, they have to have a certain level of whatever for us to even listen to us about. Um, that's been the approach I see that works the best, you know, um, cause this is more than just a job. It's just more than learning one or two tricks. It is really, um, a lifestyle learning to live a safer pattern of life that will help you avoid and help you get out of and, and, and stay away from danger. Cause it is all around us every single day. Yeah. I feel like the, the preparedness mindset and having these conversations, or you go back to, and I think this is where people end up going. Cause it's very easy to go here. It's like, well, you got to have a firearm or I got to train jujitsu or I got to be good with a, I got to carry a pocket knife or all, all that stuff's at the end. Right. I mean, it, it really, it, and by the way, you can train with that stuff all day long if you want, right. If you have the time for it, if you want, and I've been there and I've done this when, when, what ends up happening or what you see and even some of the videos that you post is the complete breakdown of any skill set they may have had utilizing that tool or that 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 whatever that skill was that they had in that very controlled environment when things get completely out of control and i'm not going to stop there i think you start to see people that seem seemingly have it all together and then they're their, their house gets hit with a fire or there's a car accident on the side of the road or somebody gets tra- traumatically injured or is having a heart attack. And all of a sudden, yeah, their, their ability to handle that stress and, and go through a decision-making process or go through steps of making a good decision, make decision process completely go out the window. And it's compounded by, because you've got fear and adrenaline and you've got hormones that are change, changing and you haven't trained in that environment. And if you haven't prepared for it already, even through a conversation or talking about it, now add uh, family to it, right? Who are all having a tough time with the situation who has starting to freak out. None of that stuff does you any good. In fact, it can make your situation worse. So those are the tools. If those are the tools you train, the only tools you train, those might be the tools you try to utilize and they may not be the right tools for the task. And it's your baseline proficiency. That's really what you're going to have to fall back on, not your best run at the range. You know what I mean? Right. right. And then, you know, on the world, but we've all seen it happen. Uh, there's a lot of chance in combat. The best warrior does not always win. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of chance, man. So we try to avoid as much as we can. Yeah. So just going back to the, to the following you and, and so forth, like if I'm a dad at home and I am, and I have, you know, I've got, I've got kids. So, you know, and what should they expect to see? Well, I, you know, my, my take on, this is why I love you so much on social is that when you present the things, the way you've, you've talked about these traumatic events, these things that are, you know, this awfulness that's happening, it's somebody's worst day, 
or multiple people's worst day. You go through those steps of how to break down that situation and you're you're encouraging conversation and thought around it. It's not, see, this is why you should, you know, train these things or have these things. Like, what could you have done differently? And it brings things to mind that you may have never, never thought before. Like, I never even thought about thinking like this. Like, you don't, you don't know what you don't know. So, yeah, it's not about putting gruesome or grotesque things out there for the family or for your young kids to see. Your job as a parent is to you know, make sure that they see the things that are appropriate for them and in a way that makes most sense for them. But I, I do get that from, from the things that you put out there, man, that it's, it is on an, it is, it is about driving education and awareness. Uh, Cause that, that tends to, tends to curb the complacency and then the, and then, and then obviously inspire a little bit more action, whatever that might be. And you, you never know until you take action. Yeah. And then one other real quick thing on that, you know, something I learned in combat in Iraq firsthand was just, dude, like if you've never thought about something, you don't have any software for that. You are at a high, uh, you're, you're vulnerable to freezing. You're vulnerable to not taking good action. And so like when we were going into right into combat on multiple occasions, you know, I would always tell my guys like, Hey, like, what are you going to do when we get blown up? What are you going to do when we start taking fire? What are you going to do? I'm like, think about it now. Think about it now. And it's a scary thought for some of them, you know? And then I remember one day, one of my little, my, one of my boots, one of my Jundies, my new dudes was like, Hey, you know, uh, well we got blown up. And I remember he was like, well, you know, wait, blown up. Is that like IED blown up? Yeah, I do. We hit an IED, man. We got rocked. I remember he was the one arguing with me and he was like, you know, He's like, geez, when are we going to get blown up? He's like, if we get blown up. And I'm like, no, man, like we're in an area of operation where 80% of our IEDs are victim initiated, man. You need to come to grips with the fact that it's going to happen. And when it happens, you need to know what you're going to do before it happens and think about it right now, play it out in your head. And so I'm playing out these scenarios constantly where I'm going and it's not a paranoia thing. It's not like a fearful thing. What ends up happening is I feel prepared. You're strengthen that. There's strength in that. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Like if the worst thing happens in this room, you know, I'm sitting here, I can do this. I can get my family through there, you know, and we can go take this route. Boom. Okay. Now let's have dinner. <laughs> you know, like, And it's like, I feel great actually. And, but for having gone over that in my head and after we did get blown up, I've been in five IEDs after we did get blown up, he came to me afterwards and he's like, Hey, Hey, hey you know, corporal, you know, I, I did exactly what I thought I was going to do when it happened, you know, because I thought about it before it would happen. Thanks. And he was thanking me so much because he would have been the guy that would have froze because he was the most psychologically averse. He had the most like cognitive dissonance about it. And I was just like, awesome. And then for me, too, it was like, this is this is the way to help people um, really get the software they need written before they have to use it in real time, you know. Yeah, finding the patience and understanding to have those conversations in an effective, meaningful way as to not be off-putting and at the same time be ready for the pushback and for them for for you to maybe not be understood in that conversation. That is I'm trying to have this conversation with my significant other and they're like you're scaring me. Well, that's right or or who are you like where did this come from like what is going on um those i mean that's the reality of the situation they may not fully understand you and so being prepared i think mentally and physically for to have those kind of conversations and and find a space to do it and a time to do it uh is i found to be extraordinarily effective and important yeah and if you're 
if you're a protector, you also need to come to grips with a few things. Like I always say purblis unum, you know, which was our slogan for America, but it's out of many one, man. The reality simply is that there are a lot of people that are sheep. There are a lot of people that are just don't have the psychological gears to look this type of evil in the eyes. And you very well might be the only one in your tribe that is going to be even remotely on board or even remotely ready. And they may never know that they need you until they need you. And hopefully they never need you. Hopefully they get to die thinking you were just a little bit crazy. And like, they, you know, like hopefully they never ever have to need you, you know, and they live in that beautiful bubble that you try to provide for them for every day of their little wonderful lives. Right. But, you know, the reality of this game is out of many, you want to be that one. And you might be the guy who has to go the distance with someone and you need to outperform that someone while 12 people who could help you watch you with their cell phones because they want to go viral later like you have to be ready you you want you have to accept that this path is a path for those who have the protector dna who see this who've always felt this for the type of person who's like yo you can mess with me but you mess with my family i'm going to protect them no matter what you know you know who you are like you might be a barista at starbucks but you you understand what i'm talking about because you've been that person it doesn't matter what your job is right, this right. is something that's hardwired i believe into a lot of us which is that protector dna and it very well very probably is going to be just you with the belief and the actions to live a life that's going to make you uh, formidable on that day that people that don't appreciate you realize they actually need you. And that's just part of the game, you know? Yeah. Well, thank, thank God there's people out there that are, that are sending that message in that kind of way, man. Cause there are, look, I mean, if you get out there on the, on Instagram or on social, you start to search around, you're going to find a lot of people that claim to be, or maybe are acting in the role of executive protection or personal protection right now. And the message that you're getting, and this is just like anything, and anywhere you go, it's not always going to be as coming up and is in a such a positive uh, and educational and just sort of understanding way. Like you've like you've communicated that today, man. I, I I appreciate you for it. So I would love I would love for you to tell people how they can find out a little bit more about you, where they can get some of this information. Because you got man, you got so much stuff. I'm be honest. There's a shit ton of information that you pr- you provide for people. It's free. I mean, they they can get on your website and go wherever. Make if you could just tell them where they can go to get started to maybe start digging into this stuff, find out a little bit more. Yeah, man. No, it's an honor, dude. I drop one to two free videos a day almost. You know, it's it's a it's a pace that I don't know of any other uh, content creators really in our tactical space maintains, to be honest. But uh, yeah, man. So Byron Rogers motivation.com is my main website or Byron Rogers.com, B-Y-R-O-N-R-O-D-G-E-R-S.com. Um, for most, and that's where you can find everything. But for YouTube, that's where you'll get all the videos. You just look me up on YouTube, Byron Rogers. Um and um, obviously, I'm building the gram, Byron underscore Rogers. But if you just go to byronrogers.com or byronrogersmotivation.com, that's where you'll find really anything. If you're trying to get into the executive protection industry, you'll find my school, the League of Executive Protection Specialists there. If you want to train with us, you'll find out about the Protector Symposiums or the Protector Symposium Library, where you can learn all this from the comfort of your own home there. Um, and, you know, I'm always doing live events and, and, and also trying to always offer the content and information of those events online so we can get it to the world because i want to make the world a safer place by helping good people to become more dangerous that's my mission yeah man i love it uh i can't wait to train with you again it was a lot of fun yeah I f- it was an honor to to have you on today and to and to, to chat with you gain even that much more wisdom and insight 
And uh, again, man, you just you're doing good things. And I look forward to continue to watch you do all that stuff. It's incredible. Thank you. No, thanks so much, man. It's 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 really an honor. It's it's I've always wondered how you know a warrior can positively impact the world and god's always been faithful enough to give me a mission and f- to find a way to serve because being a warrior is is a, is a servant role so my goal is to serve the world in, at, the, at the highest levels as i can as a warrior and if anyone sees any success with me i want to see what one imperfect man can do by just giving his imperfection on the altar of progress you know by the grace of god for a lifetime that's the game oh man Stay safe, stay sharp, stay dangerous. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, man. It's an honor. Boom. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Iron Sights. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review, and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.